Hey guys, thank you very much for supporting Bad Rad Movies and for your patronage. Um, before we dive into this podcast episode, I do want to make a quick little, not warning, but there was some sort of a technical audio difficulty um, as far as, well, to sort of explain it in a basic way, uh, whenever I would talk, there seems to have been some sort of a echo that comes after that's coming from the other end of the people that I'm speaking with. Um, it's not their fault. It's only because if they tried to set it up to where they could just hear me on their headphones, but the problem was was that they wouldn't be able to hear me at all. So, you know, whatever, just, you know, deal with it. And if you can't deal with it, then I don't know what else to tell you. Um, but it shouldn't make that much of an impact because the echo or whatever it is, is very, very minor. It's, you barely hear it. And if you do hear it, then I don't know. I apologize, I guess, whatever. But if you don't like it, then I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, let's go ahead and continue on with this podcast episode. In a world of action and explosions, one man must decide what movies to pick. Will they be good movies? No, they will be absolute crap. This is Bad Rad Movies Podcast. Rated R. On this episode, we will be watching... Steel Dawn. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bad Rad Movies with me, Richard. Uh, and of course, uh, where this is the podcast if you're new to this. This is where me or my usual co-host, Cameron, um, try to find movies that are so bad but entertaining. Or we try to find, uh, or at least try to. Um, but yeah, so far we've only probably found a handful um, but anyway, uh, I have two very special guests this week. Um, for the first time ever, I have guests that have come all the way from the UK. Uh, so I would recommend you guys check out uh, this podcast. It's called Dope Ramblings. Um, but I'll let these two gentlemen introduce themselves. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. And if you can, just uh, introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit about what your podcast is about. Yeah, right on. Uh, my name's Reese, and this is my... I'm Chris. Chris. Hey. My friend Chris, and uh, we are Dope Ramblings. Um, all we do is we basically watch movies and talk right over, talk them. over them. Yeah, just talk over the movies. Pick and... an actress or an actor, pick a theme of movies, and then dedicate a series. We've been quite guest-heavy lately as well. Very guest-heavy. Yeah, oh, that's fun. cool. Just getting loads of our mates on, having a little chinwag, having yeah. a catch-up, having a goss. Yeah, pretty much. It's just us gossiping about our friends. Pretty much. And uh, throwing people under the bus and oh, s- saying things <laughs> that, you know, they you shouldn't say. They shouldn't say, but th- our podcasts are so long that you have to fish through like two hours of nonsense, nonsense before you found out what we actually <laughs> the, said the, about the, you. The 15 <laughs> second gems in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just kind of came out that. Uh, 
you know, we figured that uh, if you can bypass all copyright law by just commenting on movies, and it's a good way to waste two hours. Uh, we, we've learned a few lessons along the way. Um, you shouldn't watch movies that are three hours long. No. Or, or two in a row. Yeah, three hours long. So we, we recorded a, a Leo DiCaprio season, season one. And we ended up watching uh, Inception first. Yeah, Inception first. Inception first, and then we watched uh, The Revenant straight afterwards. And it was oh, a long old day. It was fucking horrible. (laughs) In my dingy studio for seven hours. It was horrible. Middle of winter as well. Yeah, and you can just hear the like the pain. The soul. Yeah, just We we start off like this, really up being like well up for it, and then about four hours into a recording we were just Dead, dead, there's <laughs> no talking in it. And Revenant is such a silent film that you can't even just say nothing. You <laughs> just have to continuously keep talking. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually seen any uh, good movies lately because, unfortunately, with this particular podcast, I only watch like movies that n- nobody's ever really heard of, or just do try to find bad films that are somewhat entertaining in their way. So, I think the last time I actually went to go watch a real good movie was maybe like i don't know five years ago so i've just been watching so i mean it has its ups and downs but yeah so 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 you guys basically are in a way the uh, for people that don't quite understand it would be like as if it's like a commentary track on like a movie or something right that would be the best way to describe it like we when we we first started doing we tried to strive to you know keep on topic and talk about the trivia and you it's know well. yeah and then it slowly devolved into just nonsense yeah, yeah. and because we have guests that we sometimes have to see our guests for maybe three or four months in between well in general and so it's just a- so whenever we get them on we just you know, like we have so much to talk about that we just tend not to watch the film <laughs> uh, and just talk uh, and then every now and then we'll be like Oh, that was a really good scene. Anyways, yeah. tell us about the time exactly. the child vomited yeah. on you on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I think we we definitely had moments where we're like we're actually really entrenched in the movie, but you can't really watch it because we're just absolutely yeah. talking nonsense the entire time. Yeah, uh, Earth Girls Reads. Oh one. yes, I think that one hundred percent. If you want a good bad movie to watch, Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy. What a fucking gem. Yeah, it's been years since I last saw fucking Earth Girls Are Easy, and it's like, I totally forgot, like, who was all in it, like, whether it was, like, Jim Carrey, Damon Waynes, and Jeff Goldblum. It's, yeah, it's such a fucking insane movie. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the dream trio, and we just saw our friend Dickie, who we hadn't seen for, like, eight months by that point. Yeah, I think so. So he came along, and we were just like, it's a perfect film for him, because he is a permanently 60s, 70s human being. Yeah. And that film was so retro that it would just fit him to a T. And then also, and then you know, Jeff Goldblum it. nips. Like, you can't go it, wrong. It's Jeff Goldblum topless. Yeah. So you can never go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, my wife, she still has, even though, like, uh, I think we saw Jeff Goldblum recently while we were watching, like, Tubi or something, the commercial came on. He's doing, like, the apartments commercial. And she's like, oh, my God. He still looks good and yummy, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Still, yeah, he looks <laughs> amazing. He has, he's aged, but just 
perfectly in the right spots. Yeah. Like fine wine. Um, yeah. And now he's like a jazz pianist, which makes him like ten times hotter as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the progressive thing. It's like you age and then you become a, he's become like a first time dad at like sixty two as yeah. well. Oh yeah. So he's just like he's at that age where he's like, This is me now. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's just still He's 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 also by a, a person to like interview as a guest on any show. The, the I've perfect heard his guest. Brain. Well, he was on with uh, Stephen Colbert and fucking he was he, he just spits out nonsense all the time. Yeah. He does his his sentences aren't very coherent, and then yeah. he, he just drops a line. You know, I live more than in ten seconds than people <laughs> live their entire lives, and I was like, I believe yeah. it a hundred percent, Jeff Goldblum. You absolutely do. You just walk down the street and something happens to you. I mean, it's kind of like this uh, Mickey's 40 ounce, you know, you drink this Mickey's 40 ounce and then if you just need one bottle, then uh, you just drink the whole thing. And then once you drink the whole thing, you can get pretty intoxicated, and it's uh, it's what? it's really quite invigorating. What is Mickey's forty? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> oh, it's a uh, it, it is a forty ounce fine malt liquor that I get uh, at, at a liquor store. I figured it would be. Yeah, it is. It is a malt liquor. <laughs> in in Texas, you got a uh, old English. Yes, I have not tried Old English, um, although I heard that it's not that great. Uh, I think out of all the... not that great. Yeah. (laughs) Out of all the ones I've had, I think the Mickey's is the best. Um, I would recommend... I mean, as far as, like, you know, the price and um, I only just need one. So, there you go. You only only need one. It comes in a brown paper bag. Oh, yes. Well, I I never get the brown paper bag because I don't want people to think that I'm homeless. So, you know, they... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's the over here then? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, um, over here would be probably these uh, malt liquor wise. Yeah, no, nothing really. No, we don't really have it. No, don't really have malt liquor. I feel like I missed out here. Mm, it's it's basically it's what it is. It it's kind of like it, you know it's just like kind of like wine almost, but it's yeah. just like boo- a little bit boozier. It's malty. Mm-hmm. It's not as fizzy. Um, it's like they use it as base in like a lot of those. Um, Really trashy American drinks I was telling you about, like the beeritas, <laughs> you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, they use it as the base in that, and then they just like, you know, like the Coors Light, whatever, like margarita. Coors Light like floats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Best one and the cheapest <laughs> one is PBR. <laughs> PBR. Oh, uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. All American dream, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's that's one of my favorites. We've got oh, yeah. some garbage called Cherry B, which is eleven point five percent. Oh shit! That comes in like two hundred mil bottles, and it's <laughs> it's delicious. It's really nice. It's the um, flattest thing you ever drink yeah. in your entire life. It's just shit. like cherry syrup that they've just boozed up immensely. Damn, I gotta check that out. Who knows? That might be my next Mickey's forty ounce. Who knows? <laughs> I, we've we've. But I saw it in the store, and I was like, I have to buy it. Now we have for every, every podcast. Every, every single one now. tradition. Crack it open at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, every half, every part, really, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, because they're, they're so small. Okay, well, the next time I do the next movie or the next podcast episode, I'll, I'll try to see if I can get that. And I'll de- dedicate it to you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we'll send you a case. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, We're trying to get them to sponsor our podcast. We are trying to get them to sponsor. Oh, that's awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, I've been trying to get Mickey's to do it. The only thing they ever did was, like, maybe, you know, tag us in a post, but that's about it. So, <laughs> but 
That's about it. <laughs> okay, so um, the movie that we decided, which, which you guys picked out of a list that I uh, gave you, is a little movie called Steel Dawn. Out of the ruins of a nuclear war, through a landscape of unearthly beauty and unknown terrors, and into a world struggling against the forces of nature and the forces of evil. This movie came out in (laughs) This movie came out in 1987. uh, Was directed by a fellow by the name of Lance Houle. Um, I pulled him up to see if I've heard of any other movies he's done here. Which, uh, according to here, he's only done four movies. Which was Missing in Action Two. Uh, obviously Steel Dawn and then One Man's Hero and then Two Hearts which says completed which I think this is like his newest movie I don't know I think he's mainly known for being a producer for movies Um, anyway uh, so with this film uh, Steel Dawn obviously I th- I'm assuming you guys picked this film because because it had Patrick Swayze in it is that the reason or was there like a specific reason correct. Yeah, I, I chose it because of Swayze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he showed Reese the list of films and he went, oh, Swayze. Definitely. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. 100% <laughs> Not even a, not even a second I'm pretty choice. sure it was the first one on the list as well. I didn't even get a chance to, to read the whole thing. I saw Patrick yeah, Swayze. Done. I was like, yeah. A Patrick Swayze movie I haven't seen either, so... Yeah, I've I've never heard of this film either because like I'm I'm a I love Patrick Swayze especially with like you know uh, Roadhouse and Ghost and like a lot of the fucking films that he's known for. Which my wife and I we just got done watching uh, Tu Wong Fu like y- day before yesterday. Um, tu Wong Fu. Oh uh, yeah, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. It's where uh, Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo are play as drag queens. That sounds. Fucking incredible. Yeah, you guys, if you haven't seen that, you should probably check that out and do that on a podcast episode, maybe. I'm 100% yeah, sure Reese is, like, Googling yeah, exactly I'm, what yeah, it is now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty it's entertaining. Nice. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Actually, well, uh, I'm not actually a big Swayze yes, fan. I've never really been a big lover of him. Oh. I really, really properly watch things like, like Roadhouse is the one... Dirty Dan- Never watched Ghost. Uh, yeah. uh, I watched Dirty Dancing because the next liked that film, and then I watched. Didn't never watched it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not really a big fan of. For me, was um, yeah. growing up in Texas, we or uh, anywhere in America, 
you know, you have, like, your uh, Stars channels. Like, if you couldn't afford HBO, you had, like, Stars and Cinemax. It was, like, the free yeah. ones you could get. And it would always, like, in daytime in the summertime, Swayze train, arachnophobia. It's not Patrick Swayze, but it's just, like, these really hardcore, like, not, not hardcore, but action sort of films from the 80s, usually. Probably because, yeah. you know, they didn't make that much money. They're not too, <laughs> they don't cost them that much to syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember, like, back in the day, there, there was, like, uh, one of those channels. I, I wasn't sure if it was, like, USA or one of those networks where they would constantly play Patrick Swayze films all the time. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I surprisingly, I have never heard of this film. And, of course, it, they, I've never heard of it for, for good reason, which um, I guess uh, – and, and fun little fact, too, this, this stars a lot of people as well, where besides this Patrick Swayze, uh, it also stars uh, Lisa Niemi, which I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this, this was where Patrick Swayze and Lisa Niemi met, and they were married for, like, fucking 39 years or some shit, even all the way up to when he died of cancer. We recorded an episode for our podcast on it. Because we were like, well, we've got to watch the film. We might as well do an episode while we're on it. And I, I did see that in the trivia. It was one of like four trivia points for the whole movie. Yeah. Which really says a lot about the film. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also mentioned, yeah, that they fell in love and remained until the very end together from this one trash film. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Um, and, and, and I love blossomed in the Namibian desert. Yeah, Namibia. Min, min, I which I thought looked a lot like Star Wars. The whole time I was yeah. watching it, I was just like, "It's this is Star Wars." Has <laughs> all the telltale signs. Look like they use the same exact set. Yeah, but it's, yeah like on Tatooine or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I never really picked up. I mean, that's actually a good one. The only thing I picked up on Star Wars was yeah, like as if like um, in the beginning of the film where Patrick Swayze is fighting. I thought these were like the sand people. Yeah, my, yeah, the, the people that came on the ground. I love the fact that they never showed up again. Yeah, like, it was only in the very first yeah. scene they stole some shit, and then you never see him again. These, it was like, why even have him in the movie? You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that, I mean, that whole I, scene could have been skipped. I, I said that about the whole movie. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, why, why, why have any of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess before we actually dive into the movie, uh, I'll let either Chris or Reese duke it out. Uh, would you guys p- please feel free to do me the honor of reading the plot or the summary, or what the fuck is Steel Dawn about? Man, do you want to get the actual definition up? Sure, whatever. Whatever you guys want to do, you're the guest. So it's in a post-apocalyptic world, a wanderer, a warrior wandering through the desert comes across a group of settlers who are being menaced by a murderous gang that is after the water that they control. Which I didn't pick up on that really at all when we watched Which the movie. Which really isn't mentioned. I think <laughs> it's mentioned they, like twice. They mentioned the water pump, but yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> in the movie. Like, you never hear him go, I'm after this bunch of ragtag people stealing all of the water in this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. It's just a man walking around a desert for 90 minutes. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is it is about a guy that walks around in the desert for quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that you guys mentioned only Star Wars because to me, I mean, in my personal opinion, I I felt like this was like a mixture of like uh, Mad Max meets like I don't know medieval swords and all that because they they had they did have swords in the film. But but then yeah, you guys did have a good point where it did feel like a little bit of like Star Wars Tatooine as well, especially with like the Sand People segments. Um, like you, how they were dressed and you know like the, the their little like uh, their houses that they're living mm-hmm. in, like little yeah. things, settlements you know, well. settlements. Just yeah, just kind of the whole thing. <laughs> it seemed like a strange mishmash of films. My 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 biggest concern gripe. with the movie, my biggest gripe with the movie, thank you, was. That it didn't ever explain how they got to there. You how know, they got to what the post-apocalyptic? Like why thing. it? Why were they post-apocalyptic? You know, like another movie that's kind of similar um, to like post-apocalyptic stuff is the Book of Eli. Uh, yeah, with Denzel. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Basically, oh, I've I've seen it. Yeah, it, yeah. The guy, uh, you know, walks through the desert is uh, like the entire time, and he's a badass, and he kills people, and he can fight really well. And stuff like that, but it explains that you know, like nuclear bombs. It's the very first thing in the movie. They're like bombs have dropped, and now we're in a post-apocalyptic world. And now the movie starts. Whereas this, this one started with yeah, he gets attacked by sand people, and then it's like, all right, we need to get some water, I guess, because he doesn't say that. He doesn't mention water once until he gets until he meets so, his wife. Yeah, until he gets to the big settlement. Yeah, which is not even a big settlement. Well, no, I guess it's kind of big. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's the largest settlement we've seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess to, to answer your question, the reason as to why, like, I mean, I think the reason why they felt like they didn't need to explain is to, I guess maybe they felt like, oh, we don't need to explain. We can let the viewer use their imagination, like, oh, there could have been a nuclear war or things like that. My imagination's not very hey, good. I'm not filming <laughs> <laughs> the film They should tell me what I should be thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going into a fucking book reading and they go, here's blank pages, just use your imagination. Just want to solve puzzles. Like, no. Yeah. Tell me what I'm going to read. <laughs> Tell me what I'm going to see. Music isn't just silent. It tells you what you're hearing. Yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> um, so... human. Tell me what I need to be thinking. <laughs> Um, I guess uh, I, I'll leave it to either uh, Chris or Reese. Uh, which one of you guys want to start off with how the film starts? Yeah, so I, because I, I've been, I, I, I was probably the only bit I was paying attention to, really, yeah. was the, the very beginning. So, <laughs> so we, um, we will just say, we watched it, I said, on our podcast, and we talked over a lot of it, most of it, all of it, and then we immediately went to a wedding and got blackout drunk. Yeah. So the only real <laughs> recollection of the podcast and, yeah, the film. And we drink the entire yeah. time as well, so it's kind of like... It, we it, remember parts of the film, some parts are more blurry than others. The beginning, however... Yeah, I, I know that one. Forever ingrained <laughs> memory. Basically, you have, uh, you know, Swayze Town. Just laying... Doing yoga. Oh, yeah, he's on a stand. He's doing a headstand, isn't he's he? He's doing a midday yoga man. Yeah, he's doing a meditation, yeah. He, which which I, happens, surprisingly, more than you think. <laughs> yeah. And it really sets the tone. For uh, how good of a so yoga he, instructor he, he would have I, been. I, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit pre-face the movie. Because uh, so we don't see how he got there. We just only assume he got tired. And yeah. it felt that, you know, there wasn't enough blood in his head. 
So upside down. upside down. So he's sitting there, and then these people. Oh, it's kind of like tremors, you know? Oh yeah. It's like kind of bubbling underneath the sand, and then these people. The noise they made. Yeah, it was very strange noise, wasn't it? It was like shriek. It's like a weird shriek. Yeah, it was like. Was it pretty much the same as the sa- the sand people, or did they make it a little bit different? It was it was different. It was different. It wasn't like it wasn't. It was definitely. It be probably did the shriek to be like no one's gonna guess these are actually yeah, yeah, yeah. like the same <laughs> movie. But um, it was yeah. It was just he just attacked and they steal his shit. Maybe they stole water. Uh, maybe maybe that's, maybe that's how it starts and that's how he goes in. I I missed that. But he he gets attacked. I think, I think probably ninety nine percent of people who watch this one missed it as well. <laughs> yeah, he gets attacked, <laughs> and then those people burrow themselves. They go back in, back into the sand, and then you never see them again. again. I do have to say that I was pretty impressed with that, that the, the whoever were playing those sand people things, like, were able to just kind of just go into the sand like that. Like, that was pretty impressive to me, because you don't really, especially during that time. We spoke about how many times they would have had to shoot that scene. Yeah, exactly. How annoying must that have been to get buried? Like, all right, get back in the hole, boys. Like, Take 17, let's do it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Just dripping with sweat, these people in these little suits. Are like, oh, yeah. Gary's being worked right overtime this week. <laughs> Which I I'm trying to think of like assuming where they filmed uh, the this large sand desert Namibia. location. Namibia in Africa. Oh, in Libya. Namibia. 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 Oh, Namibia. So many so many different terrains in this one desert. Like it basically mimics like a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Um, which is where one of the the big ship that you they you see them like. One yes, time. while he's walking. Yeah. One of, like the main like quote unquote tourist sites of Namibia, um, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's just a just, ship. It's a crazy place that desert. Mm. Like I saw a few different documentaries on it, and it's got like uh, like a marsh in the middle of like a jungle in the middle of a desert. And amongst the like green rainforest is hmm. insane. There's a really intricate sort of climate thing, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the start of the movie, and then he's and then he starts his ninety minute uh, walk. Yeah, then he starts <laughs> wandering for the rest of the movie. Really. <laughs> I don't know if it's the rest of the movie. I think it it just probably to me maybe it felt like that. But um, but yeah, and then I guess that's when he goes and meets up with uh, his. Uh, he goes. I think after a while, he, he meets is up with like Tark in, in the gang, doesn't Tark. He? Oh yeah, I remember Tark. Yeah, uh, was was it the uh, the guy the who used to be like his commanding officer or something like that? Uh, yes. yes. The bald one. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's like an old general, old, old boy, old boy. Is that, he's the one that gets stabbed with the knee spike. Oh, yes. That's one thing we left out. That knee spike game changer we were talking about. Like, yeah. As we, we were, uh, I've mentioned in the podcast, Love you know, uh, Dust Till Dawn, he has a little blade in his shoe, and it's a very, you know, you see it once in the beginning, and then he pulls it out at the very end. It's like very, you know, resolving sort of things. You forget about it, and he pulls it out again. But the but we were trying to think about the intricacies of how you use a knee knife. You know, like, what if it just pops out? 
while you're walking, you just... What if you go to tie your shoe? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you there's like a string stuff mechanism stuff. that's attached to his toe, so he just has to wiggle his toe, and then the fucking knife comes out of the knee part. So, Maybe what so it is. I did, I, it was one of those things I genuinely didn't expect, and let out an audible gasp from it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god! That's great, I love that. I yeah. want more of that in the film. Yeah, definitely. That's some mole ninja shit. Oh, yeah. That's something I would definitely buy. Yeah, that that was some pretty uh, impressive practical effects that that went on um, in there. But uh, when when Patrick Swayze was on his way, I guess through like some sort of a um, towards a cave, that's when we have uh, the the bald dude. Uh, his name is Cord in the uh, movie. Like we think that he's just some guy trying to rob him. So when he, uh, I guess they get into like a little scuffle, like a little fight. That's when we realize, oh, he was just like testing him because he used to be his commanding officer. Officer. So then Patrick Swayze and Cord, they go, oh, let's go inside of this bar and have a drink. And it's just like like a little cave or something where they had like this one fucking table in the middle of this cave. And they're having a conversation. Yeah, it was very, yeah, definitely. <laughs> very much. Like you said, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas lent them the materials. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> so so then they they're they're having their yeah so they're having their little conversation of uh, you know Cord uh, is like oh why don't you be a peace walker like me or something like that and then Patrick Swayze's like ah no nah, I don't want to so the bartender comes out he's got a couple of drinks and immediately you go oh this guy is gonna fucking poison them. Patrick Swayze noticed this, but he it's already too late because he already took a drink. Swipes the fucking drink out of uh, Cord's hand, and then that's when we get run into uh, Christopher Neem's character show with him and his, like, I don't know, gang members or something like that because they end up trapping them. And then that's when they get into uh, Cord and show get into, like, a sword fight. And that's when we see that he kills Cord with the fucking knee spike thing. And then Cord dies... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly my favorite scene from the whole film. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I like that one too. <laughs> um so then after Cord dies, uh I guess Patrick Swayze wakes up at some point, right? Or or what happened after that? I'm not really sure. Uh what, was this after the whole thing? Because he was poisoned on the ground. I think then someone carry him to the settlement. Yeah. Mm. Did they find him and then take him back? Because this was yeah, this was the scene just before he meets up with the gang, basically. Yeah. So he sort of walk, walks through, walks past. Yes. And I think in the next scene, he's just with the settlement. He's waking up in the bed. Again, this is where the film sort of died off me. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he got carried, though, because I don't remember, because I, I do remember that, like, at some point while there's that whole walking scene, he runs, he ends up befriending a dog or something like that and then after that whole thing I guess oh shit yeah, yeah. like the whole he Mad Max thing a little dog yeah he gets a little companion through most of the film there yes and then um yeah, but yeah I, I, I totally forgot too because I wasn't sure if he got carried over there or if he just happened to had just woke up and went oh well I guess the poison wore off so I'm just gonna go and walk over uh, keep walking through the desert yeah, he keeps walking through the desert again, and then he 
uh, goes into this, uh, I don't know, it looked like some sort of a weird farm or something like that. And that's when he goes up to um, uh, the character Kasha, a.k.a. his wife, and he's like, oh, hey, um, I mean you no harm. Uh, I'm willing to work for food and water. So they, like, let him in. And uh, what happened after that, Chris or Reese? Uh, I'm... Do you know what? I've actually got the film on my telly now. So we're skimming through it. Skimming through to make sure we don't miss any opportune moments. Oh, oh yeah. the body. Oh, yeah. Oh. How did we forget that he burned the body? My question Yeah, he like, did burn the body, yeah. I don't know if you and remembered. He got a very weird, like, white goop off. There it is. Yeah, the weird white, white goop off the body. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you notice? Did you see that, Richard? Um, no, I didn't see any white goop. All I remember yeah, is he, that... So when he, when, he, when, he, when he burns his mentor, he's melting away and he uh, melts some white goop just, all comes some, off. It's like it was paint. almost like plastic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, then he finds the rattlesnake. He goes, yeah, he's wandering through the desert and he finds all the weird... The man's body that's just... Dead with the rattlesnake bit. Oh yeah, because he's following the the guy's show who killed his uh, former commanding officer or something like that. Yeah. And that's yeah, pretty much wow. We've been skipping through. It's been fifteen twenty minutes and I'm just walking, walking through the <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess that's when he does run into that farm yeah, or whatever. So he goes to the camp. We're in the camp now, basically. Yeah, yeah. so that's when he With meets... With all that sweet hairstyles. I know, it's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't know they so had hairstylists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Chris has a mullet right now. Yeah. So, um, it's very... There's some sweet-ass mullets in this film. I very swayzy. <laughs> I absolutely adore them so hard. Uh, so and then... He, he just works on the farm, doesn't he, for a long time? I think so, he's, yeah. He gets to know the kids, and he gets to speaking with his, that obviously the wife in real life, and then they have the evening games, I suppose you can call them, where they get the horses in. I think so, yeah. I, I, I remember that's when we also get introduced to Brian James, which I only know Brian James, who plays this Tark, uh, from uh, where he played as one of the replicants in the original uh, Blade Runner movie. Like That's the only thing I remember him from. Um, I, I, I just remember him as a Hulk Hogan lookalike. <laughs> he does look like Hulk Hogan in the movie. Yeah, that's very much got a Terry Bolo. Uh, yeah. Sort of look going on. Yeah. So, uh, um, that's just blonde, bald oh, yeah. man with a mustache look in the 80s. I don't know. <laughs> it could very well be. Um, it could just be that's what you look like. That you're stuck with that look for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then I guess they just, he just keeps working and like they, he never really reveals his past and somehow like with the kid, which by the way, the, the, the son who plays as Jux, that's the fucking director's son. So I don't know why the fuck he felt like he had to put his son in there. But anyway, uh, they, he starts, oh yeah, yeah. They, cause he didn't have to pay him. Save on that money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Patrick Swayze keeps working and working, and I guess th- he gets to a point where, like, it goes through different, like, cuts of where, uh, Patrick Swayze is, like, gaining their trust, and at one point where right after, like, I guess a group of thugs, like, try to steal something from this farm, that's when, uh, Kasha... They steal the, they steal the water pump. 
Yeah. Are you trying to steal the big old water pump? Because obviously that's the one thing everyone wants in this world. Yes, because cause water is like the most important thing ever. Um, but yeah, after... It's like saffron. Yeah. Uh, and then after uh, Patrick uh, Swayze prevents these guys from, like, taking it, that's when Kosh is like, Oh, I trust you so much now that I'm going to take you to the secret passage. So she opens up, a, like, a bookshelf or something. They go underground, and they and she shows him, like, this waterfall of fresh water, like this endless amount of water. And then Patrick Swayze's just like, Aren't you afraid that, uh, you know, people are going to find out and then they're going to, you know, they're going to come after you afterwards. And then she's like, oh, yeah, but don't worry. I'm sure you can keep a secret, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. And then what happened after that, Chris Reese? Uh, I mean, that I don't not I do not remember a waterfall. <laughs> well, it was like not a waterfall, but like a small little miniature one, I guess you want to say. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit tipsy because I already I'm already like past the halfway point of my Mickey's forty ounce, so I'm getting a little bit tipsy. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, no, I do remember this. Yeah, so he, they show him the water, and he's like, "That thanks. it has a really weird ladle. Like it's just a really weird scene." Yeah. Really, oh yeah, the bath. the bath scene. That's the that's the first time you see Swayze Nips. Swayze Nips. <laughs> oh yeah. So the, the thugs come up to him when he's taking a naked bath. I think they're trying to convince him to double cross him. Right? Yes. And try and get him to because obviously he knows where the water supply will be. So they say to him, "If you help us, we will let you live, or we will." pillage this village and you will die along with everyone that you know and love yeah so it's a sort of the middle point of the film when he has to decide whether or not to betray his new what, family where his loyalty lies mm. does he want to have this woman and her child for the rest of his life or maybe get murdered by some weird thugs for stealing water mm. um, and then more handstands yeah you did, so we this is the third one so far well, this is fourth, because oh, he tries teaching the kids how to do the handstand. And the kid wasn't having it. I the mean, kid, kid failed. Yeah, the kid couldn't yeah. do it. Well, yeah, because the because the kid was like impressed because I think there's been couple, a bunch of times where Patrick Swayze would beat the shit out of uh, these thugs that happened to have been a part of like uh, I think the guy's name was Damnil, uh, the main leader guy. Solid name. Yeah. Oh, I love that name. Uh, so there's been plenty of times where he would beat the shit out of him and and the the, the gang members, which I forgot to mention too. One of the gang members uh, is played by Arnold Vosloo, which if you don't know who he is guys like he is the person that plays as the mummy from the mummy films so this is where he got his big break from <laughs> anyway so after he beats the shit out of him that's when the little kid's like oh i really like how you um fight and blah 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 can you teach me and then he's like all right if you want me to teach you then i guess uh, if you want to learn you got to first learn how to do a fucking handstand once you learn how to do a handstand then i'll teach you <laughs> Yeah, and then, the, the kid gets, in, gets into the fight with the thugs, doesn't he? At some point, yeah, he, he just ends and up like pulling the guy's hair until the fucking guy just does a front kick and knocks the fucking wind out of the kid, which I locked my ass off. off the mom comes out with like some weird leg of like Iberico ham or some shit, and starts beating the heck out of him. It's like some rotten cow's leg, just throwing at them. It's like, oh Jesus. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, it's not very vegan, I know that. No, no, yeah. But after that, what happens? We get to uh, this uh, sexy scene. 
Well, yeah. The they, implied sex scene. The implied sex scene. Oh, yes. Where the, the mom now takes him in for the evening. Mm-hmm. They're outside for the evening. Yeah. And, it, and the screen goes black and they wake up and the sun comes out and you're like, they banged. They have absolutely They banged, banged yeah. Maybe they just and, cuddled. Uh, <laughs> just cuddled for the rest of the night. Yeah. And this is actually where... This is like kind of like the where the folly happens because if he wouldn't have banged her, then the pop, the water pump wouldn't be broken because yeah. they they were out. What's weird is they weren't even that far away from the thing. They probably heard. So you could have definitely heard them somebody coming up and breaking that stuff. They're waking up in the morning like, oh, this giant metal contraption that we built, this windmill, is in pieces, but no one heard it in the night. Well, they didn't hear four thugs on horseback. <laughs> 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 stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the scene, obviously where we are now is the scene where the thugs have raided the camp, basically, and destroyed their water filter function machine. Yes. Yeah, pumping water. Uh, and uh, Tark is not very happy. Tark is never very Tark happy. Tark fumes. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, and then that's when um, Nomad, which I forget, that's Patrick Swayze's character's name, Nomad and Tark, they decide, oh, hey, how about we go in and we, like, sneak in and, like, steal their water pump or something. So they go in, and they're, like, going through stealth mode, and then um, for some reason, like, when they hide away, like, they decide to go into a tent where there's, like, naked women in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, I remember that. I, but even in post-apocalyptic world, there's still strip shows. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. always, there's always at least for whatever reason, the movies this, we do, uh, it all, always have at least tits in them. And this last season we did, we had a lot of full frontal penis. Tits and dicks, yeah. <laughs> I don't really like full frontal penis. Uh, another great terrible movie you should watch: Street, Street Trash. Trash. Street yeah. Trash. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll add that to my wheel of shit. It's, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting film. I it doesn't I don't really think it has much of a plot to follow because the plot that you read about it on IMDb or you it's know Wiki story is that, not really what happens at all the, in the, the film. <laughs> the lead actor got drafted in like three days before filming started. <laughs> to this day, he still claims he has no idea who his character was or what their storyline was. <laughs> he was like, I just got given a script and then was told to do something. He's like, no, got told about the backstory. <laughs> I didn't ask. And then that's it. I, I left off the set. Kind of similar, to this, movie, huh? similar <laughs> to this movie, huh? Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so basically Street Trash, worth a watch. And uh, spoiler, in the first minute and a half you see dick you get like four dicks four dicks it's four just right it's just right in the beginning of the movie so, so that's probably where George R.R. R. Martin got his inspiration from especially with Game of Thrones right but with all the tits and dicks yeah and all the floppy wieners all yeah floppy wieners but yeah so now they're still on a pump that's what they want to do. That's, that's yeah. Where, yeah, that's where we are. They're, 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 they're invading the... I was going to say Rebels camp, but that's way too Star Wars. <laughs> is this, uh, we, but that is what they are doing. Yeah. Rewatching this again, like, just right now, and just seeing what's happening, this is very much, like, it is spot on Star Wars. Yeah, of I course. Think it's just like... Even the little kid looks like 
you know, Luke. Luke, Luke? Well, Luke? I mean, I it, it's probably like the prequel ones. So like, little oh, Anakin. like the little Anakin Skywalker. Like never seen Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris refuses to see Star Wars. He refuses to watch Star Wars, and so he'll never watch it. So Chris doesn't actually know. I don't know any of his references. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I say words that people use when they talk about Star Wars and hope that it's right, pretty much. <laughs> a lot of the time it's not, apparently. Uh, I've been called out on it many times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they've just stolen the pump and now Tark is riding away with the pump. Oh, yeah. Looks like, anyways. So, uh, yeah, so they, they, they steal the pump and then well, Tark, Tark's on the bottom of the truck, isn't he? Yeah, Tark gets kind of like swept off into his own little mini adventure. Yeah, he's like kind of holding underneath the cart, similar to what Robert De Niro did in that what was it that fucking Cape Fear movie, right? Where he like holds underneath the yeah. where he's underneath the car or some shit. But then, then then we go into the big confrontation between the leader of the. Is it that scene? No, it's not. Is it the next scene? Yeah, so they bring back the pump, and then she's like... She loves it. She's like, oh, you, I'm so happy You're my you hero. I'm so happy you stole this pump, but now they're definitely... They're, we're the only other people out here. You know? <laughs> like, don't steal from your neighbors. Yeah, who, who, who else is it going to be? Yeah, I don't think it's going to take a great detective to go, then, hmm, what other farm uh, wanted then, to steal a fucking pump after their pump their pump was broken? Like... Yeah. <laughs> And then my question is, we just we just kind of stroll past it. So Tark um, was obviously in love with yes. the woman, and then when Swayze kind of rolls in, he doesn't take it well. No, he it, basically Tark doesn't get invited to dinner, and he ruins his day. He goes full nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he just creeps on through the window, and he goes to the bar. I guess blackout drunk. Yeah, I guess blackout yeah. drunk. I'm not sure if he was actually in love with the woman or not. I think he was more so like protective. I, I think he was more upset because after they did the job, like everybody was all like going up to Nomad uh Patrick Swayze's character and they were like, Oh, hey, you did a great job, you're the best ever and then like Patrick Swayze tried to say, like, oh, it wasn't just me, it was Tark too. So I I think that Tark was just really pissed off that he didn't get any credit either. So he was acting like a big fucking baby and that's when he like left and decided to get all drunk at the it's, fucking market. Was, which I love is like even the in post apocalyptic worlds they still have box wine. Yeah. <laughs> box wine will never die. Oh hell it's no. The only thing that's apocalypse proof. Oh. Of course. And, box wine. <laughs> and, Twinkies. And, Twinkies. and Twinkies. I'm surprised they don't have wine in a can where you have to open it up with a fucking can opener. Oh, is that a oh, thing? I, I don't know. It could be. I'm, I kind of want to look that up now. <laughs> like a weird soup can. I think they do make wine in a can in America. What, is it like pop-top can? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it, it just comes in like a typical Campbell's soup sort of fucking can. <laughs> Imagine. Just a ring pull, and you just get a you got a drink like out. Of, oh, that sounds. No, funny. I think I think yeah, like the old school style, like the where, where like not really, it's not really a circle. It's like a little triangle. You just rip it open, like. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> where it's I think so. I think, I think, you got to like it's got that little little flip, and then you just lift it up, and then you could just drink straight out of it. <laughs> yep. Mm. Oh yeah, of course they do. Echo Falls, mate. Is it Echo Falls? Do it like that. Yeah. Echo so, Falls have uh, pop top <laughs> fucking wine. Pop top wine. Can of wine. Why not? 
Sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Even the, uh, the 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 Sun newspaper did an article. It's like, where can I buy canned wine? <laughs> <laughs> and it's better for the environment, apparently. I'll be out. Because you can, because you can't. But apparently, I think I guess aluminum's easier to recycle than glass. Do you know what? It, and and it's, it's the most valuable too. Mm. I'm very much an English human being. I genuinely said the word aluminum the other day. <laughs> and everyone in work really questioned me. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, just, it's okay. You've been hanging out with me too much. But... They said that. They yeah. said you've been hanging out with Tex way too much. <laughs> What's the uh, proper way to say uh, aluminum? Aluminum. It's not the proper way to say it. It's fucking dumb. Aluminum. Aluminum. Aluminum or aluminum? Uh, Aluminium. Did you say soccer the other day? A soccer. <laughs> um, yeah, trash is one. Trash. That's my favorite one. Trash garbage. I, I love saying trash because it's all rubbish over here, and I don't, I don't like that word. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah. Stick it in the bin, mate. Yeah. Ugh. Chuck it in the bin. Put it in the bin. No, I'm trash. Thank you very much. It's garbage. Throw it in the dusty bin. <laughs> That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, after. Yeah, we're in obviously. Go on, sorry, Richard. Go on. No, no worries, no worries. (laughs) Basically, so now this is how the podcast happens. Yeah, we just literally wound up. So my my question for you, Richard. So uh, the guy who looks like he like has a beaver on his head. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like just after the bath scene, but it's but it's his hair. Like what do you what do you make of him? He's like the the badass fighter guy, and he wears a choke. Which I thought was in the, uh, uh, You're talking about the guy with the with the dual swords, right? Who killed the the yes. cord guy in the beginning? But, but my question is, how do you get your hair like that? You know, how do you oh easy? You just you just looks like he's wearing a beaver pelt. Well, easy. That's that's a wig that he purchased at a post-apocalyptic <laughs> wig store. It's it. <laughs> as simple as that. There we go. Not yeah. Time, effort, lots of hairspray. Just a wig. That'll yeah, be. just just do just go to Spirit Halloween and just buy that wig, and there you go. You're all set for life. You don't have to style it's it or anything. Much, it's just really glam rock, and I'm really into it. Oh yeah, total fucking metal. Rock that shit out. It yeah, it's literally Motley, Motley Crue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said late eighties hairstyles are the absolute best. Mm. Yeah. It's a gem of the time. It's the one time I wish I lived in. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I was just a little kid during that time. Um, as far as like late eighties, I was born in eighty three. So yeah, not even close. We're ninety two, baby. Damn, I'm an old fucking fart. <laughs> it's okay. I'm half Asian, so I don't look like my age. So it's okay. Oh, that's good. That's there you good. go. There you go. Uh, so basically, what Patrick Swayze is supposed to be this, you know, guy who's badass and he, you know, does headstands and well, he does, yoga. does yoga. But he's not a very good fighter, and I don't know if it's That's because he doesn't. Lover, isn't yeah, he doesn't want to fight, or he's just just bad at it. You're, he, you're. I do agree with you to a point that he's not a good fighter compared to other fighters. Maybe we've seen in other movies, but as far as in this film, I think he's the best fighter. But I do have to give him credit though, because when him and that uh, glam rock hair fucking show guy fight several times, 
uh, Patrick Swayze actually does all those fucking fight scenes where clearly with the show guy, Christopher Neem's character, clearly it's a fucking stunt double. So I have to give Patrick Swayze credit for that. He does all of his own fucking stunts. Yeah, Patrick Swayze deserves the... The credit for Patrick sure. Patrick Swayze probably did all of his sex scenes as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. If he want, he was like, he was like, I want to do all of my scenes. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, in this big scene as well, it's when Tark gets stabbed. Yeah, this is where Tark is done. This is where Tark demises. Yep, he gets stabbed yeah, in the stomach because he tries to save Patrick Swayze Nomad's character, even though Nomad clearly fucking told yeah, him so many Nomad times. Gets Nomad's character gets hit in the back with a shovel. Yeah, down to- to- total there. cheap shot. You know? yeah. yeah. Do you reckon Patrick Swayze genuinely were hit with an actual shovel? Yeah, and it broke like, like that. Yeah, into the back <laughs> of his skull. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he, and then... definitely kick a couple shovels. Yeah. But, so he's uh, he's really unhappy with his uh, underling after they, he hits Patrick Swayze because he wanted, he wanted to he fight said him. He, wanted, he said he wanted to kill. Yeah, he wanted to actually do it. And here's Swayze kind of not really getting, given a fair fight. Yeah. And he lets him live, which is his one mistake. Yeah. Hey, doesn't he, if I remember rightly, let Swayze live but kill his... one of his guys? No, he kills... he already killed Tark. Yeah, he kills Tark, yeah. Yeah. What and, was it that where one guy killed... Oh, but he, and he's still the boy. They, yeah, they kidnapped the kid, the yeah. Because yeah. the kid tries to jump in too, thinking he can kick all their asses, but clearly he can't, because... Just a stupid this little kid. Kids are fucking in films. Kids are fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and and actually, so, it would it would never happen that yeah. way in real life. So I hate films like uh, Home Alone, <laughs> Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Hate them because kids are dumb. Yes. Like inherently, kids are fucking stupid. And that's why I fully and, support horror films that have kids getting killed in them. Exactly. <laughs> they would, they would die first. They're slow. They don't know what what is going on, and they're not that clever where they can fucking stop two people burgling a house. Yeah. Kid the kid would have wet his pants and hid in a closet somewhere. Yeah. I can imagine he's like, "Mommy, mommy, what? Michael Myers is coming. I'm gonna pee myself." <laughs> Yeah, like, just hide under the bed, kid. You would. You're not going to take on a monster. No. Kids are stupid. That kid wouldn't have hit him. He would have just run off and... <laughs> he just uh, ran away and hide. Hate kids yeah. in movies. Oh. Yeah. One thing that genuinely annoys me. What, what, what was the one we did? Uh, the very first one, Critters 3. Uh, little kid. Hate them. <laughs> Hate it. Yeah, so that little kid it. ends up being the hero, and it's like, no, you wouldn't, kid. You wouldn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, you would have died. He would have. Long time ago. His kids are stupid. They're weak. They can't do anything. If you've ever seen the critters, any of the critters anthology, it's it's worth a watch. It's pretty good. It's, uh, good it's been a while since I've seen all four of the critters, and of course I heard that there was like the the new one where they combined it all the short the like the short clip ones into one movie, and then there was that other new movie they did which i heard that one sucked but i'm still gonna watch it because i i have a nostalgic thing of critters but we i just love critters 3 because basically it half the movie is just a flashback because <laughs> if like if you didn't if because we didn't watch critters 1 or 2 
before we watch Critters Three because it's the only one with Leo in it. So oh, yeah. Whenever we watch Critters the Three, film that launched Leo's career. <clears throat> yeah, it really was. Once we watched <laughs> Critters Three, and we were like, "Well, what? What? I don't really know what to expect." Don't worry, guys. Here's a full recap of everything that's happened in the Chris series. So that way you don't get lost. Right in the middle. Right smack dab in the middle of the and movie. The last ten minutes of Chris 3, apparently, is just the, beginning just the of Chris- first ten minutes of Chris 4. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, you've just wasted 60 minutes of filming there. Anything in the apartment building in Chris 3. Yeah, is that Chris 3? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the end. That's it. That's all you need to see. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. it. You don't need to watch the first 20 minutes or the last 10. <laughs> no. Just get to the apartment building. Done. 60-minute <laughs> film. <laughs> I yeah. That. I like that film. Yeah, Critters 3 was really I did good. actually genuinely <clears throat> enjoy that film. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Critters. But on <laughs> Steel Dawn. <laughs> Steel Dawn, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's okay. No worries. We, we, we're, we're, get, we're, we're getting towards the end of the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. We're, yeah. we're trucking along. This is like the final third now, so it's like the final act of the thing. So uh, she, she locked uh, Nomad because she was going to go rescue the boy on her own. Yeah, yes. And, uh, and uh, they insinuate that she was going to get raped with that belt right yeah. there. I... Kind of like... So, I, was she going to get raped? Because I didn't really get that feeling. I felt like, um, I mean, oh, if you're talking about the standoff thing, where like yeah. uh, she's trying to like bargain with the main bad guy to like release her son, and like somehow the bad guy, main bad guy, knew that she was she had a shitload of water or something like that. Like I felt like it was like more like they were going to kill her. Uh. Mm, I don't know. In the scene when he was, in the scene where he was uh, getting wasted on the wine, did he not, not mention something about a water source? He might have. Uh, I'm not sure. No, I don't think he mentioned anything about the water. I think the only thing uh, Vark or what the fuck was his name? Vark. Tark. Oh, Tark. Yeah, Tark. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by Mickey Sforians. Uh Tark was saying, um, yeah, you had to come over here and, you know, everybody thinks you're great and I'm just, nobody's going to fucking miss me if I leave. Like, I think that's all he was talking about. I don't think he mentioned anything about water. I think it was just mainly bitching and whining about how Patrick Swayze was winning everybody over or some shit like that. Mm. Which, to be yeah. fair, he if he was still alive now, he would be the same. He would yeah. still be a mega babe and... Everyone would just love him. Yeah, everyone still loves him. Everyone still loves him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. No no scandals as of yet. No, there was. I'm pretty sure. Was there? Pretty sure. All right. That's a He's cool. found a few skeletons in his closet, old sways. Yeah, everyone does these days. I'm not sure because... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, technically, I guess he does have skeletons in his closet because uh, his wife, Lisa Niemi, I think she came out with like some sort of a... She's going to be coming out with some sort of a biopic or some kind of a documentary about Patrick Swayze's life and how he yeah. had a bunch of skeletons in his closet or something like that. He had a few really? extramarital affairs. Well, yeah. Who doesn't these days? Wait, did he have, like, extramarital affairs? I'm pretty sure in the uh, mid-90s there was something that came out about it. Are you sure you're not getting confused with some of the movies he's done where he would fuck Demi more in the films and, like, all these other people that I mean, he did? <laughs> I could but I mean, that was part of his job. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he did have some sort of affair. He oh, okay. 
no, no disrespect to the man. They don't say don't speak ill of the dead, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, I will. Probably, probably a massive scumbag. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of little Lisa interesting. Lisa DM, please don't sue me. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> little interesting facts about old Swayze. He, uh, you know, alcoholism. Yeah. Was a psychologist. Yeah. Very yeah, I did hear about uh, that. Trans, yeah. Transcendental meditation, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, you can tell by this film. Um, he, uh, he had a pilot's license as well. Oh, yeah. and then and then his uh, and, mother beat uh, the shit out of news. him. He made news because uh, he crashed his plane. Oh yeah, that's and, right. I totally yeah, forgot about that. Who doesn't now? Yeah, who doesn't crash a plane? Hey. Um, uh, so he got a. Who was that big actor that a couple of years ago that crashed that plane loads? Oh no! He crashed like three times in a year or something. Damn, I, I forgot who. Um, no, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, fairly big actor. So, but he, the reason he crashed his plane, the, the police thought he was drunk, carbon monoxide poisoning. Fucking hell! Yeah, his his, his engine was uh, the exhaust was blowing into the plane, and he started getting woozy. <laughs> yeah, and I actually saw that, uh, heard about that when my wife and I were watching like uh, this one show. I forgot what it was called, but it was like. Oh, yeah, How I Survived or whatever. And it was a segment where there was these guys, they were flying through the air in an airplane, and they had carbon monoxide poisoning, and they just, like, all passed out, and that's where the plane crashed. So, yeah, that sounds logical, unless if uh, his lawyers decided to just use that excuse as a cover-up or something. Yeah, definitely wasn't drunk. No, I the system. Yeah, yeah. Carbon monoxide, for sure, yeah. Not, not Swayze. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, don't let them know that you were fucking drunk or high or using crystal meth or crack or whatever. Nation sweetheart, can't let his reputation be tarnished. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, so back to the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yes. The, the kids, the kids the escape. Kid, the kid, quote unquote, escapes. Yes. Uh, Only to be caught again. Only to be caught in a weird desert chase on the cars or bikes or whatever they are that has. It's weird kind of, spikes on the tires. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of. Um, uh, the Shia LaBeouf classic, Holes. Yes. Whenever he goes, whenever he goes running into the desert in Texas, and then they're like, "Why don't you go chase him?" He's like, "There's nothing out there. Where's he gonna go?" And yeah. the same thing with this kid right now. If that kid, if the kid, if the kid, if the kid ran away, I just like just let him. And then you see all just let him run just away, <laughs> walking in the distance, full leather armor with studs and dog by his side. Yeah, luckily the dog. I mean. How are, you, how are you going to win a fight without that dog? Yeah. Does Shia LaBeouf at any point say to some girl, hey, give me some hole? <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably what my co-host would fucking say. That creepy motherfucker. <laughs> I haven't seen holes in since probably like, I don't know what grade it would be in America, but years... Eight in yeah, I was like fourteen years I, old. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think I was. Oh no, I think it was earlier than that. I think it was probably like twelve when it came out. I only remember because after we watched no, we it, we watched it in school. Yeah, I watched it in school as well. But I only remember that once after we watched it. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna go dig a hole in the backyard, see what I can find. Oh, you know, there's treasure that. back there. Oh, you didn't. No. If, it, if that you you watched that movie, and you weren't like. I to start digging holes. No, I went. That was a shit movie. I'm going to carry on with my life. Ugh. So you lived such a sad childhood. Thank in you. I did. Yeah. I might yeah, have to add so. holes to my wheel of shit list. Oh, <laughs> it I, does not age well. It's no, it doesn't. So poor. <laughs> uh, but 
So, especially because Charlie Lewis got on to do so many great things in his life. Oh, yeah. He did that protest. I am, not, I am not a human or something like that. Uh, I am not real. He's a real... But Richard, so uh, I, I, I've been saying this since I've known Chris. Now I'm pretty sure uh, if you, since uh, you probably don't know much about about, about the UK in general, uh, I, I know I did until I moved here. But so there's an area called Cornwall, uh, which is, is just sure a, a pretty trashy, just. It's not trash. It's a garbage place. It's where I'm from. It's where you're from. But basically, I'm pretty sure Chris just kind of spawned into existence. Came came to being in about 20 years old, just kind of out of the the depths of Falmouth. I came in like a uh, sandwalker. Yeah. Crawling out of a desert. In the middle of Cornwall, it's like, I'm here now. Yeah. Whose water can I steal? <laughs> and my life has been a seven-year journey of water sealing since then. That's, 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 no, that's it. That's 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. So, so, yeah, I am from a place called Falmouth in Cornwall, and it's a 3,000-people town. Uh, so nothing ever happens. No. So whenever Reese tries to explain things about... Big old Texas childhood. But about my past, and he was just like, "God, oh, yeah, no, yeah, it didn't no, happen. Yeah. No, there's probably more people in like an apartment block in America than there is in my town." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's sad, but it's true. I, I only know a little bit about uh, UK culture because my wife's father or stepfather was originally from Nottingham, so um, I think that. The only thing he told me about Nottingham was, uh, I think he said to me, Hey, Richard, if you ever decide to go to Nottingham, just remember there's a lot of Indian restaurants there. So that's it's the only thing he ever said to me. It's hundreds. It's like, so Indian food is the nation's cuisine now. Yeah, it is. Wow. It's incredible. I never had Indian food, so I might have to have some later for lunch now. It's, Please do. It's, it's pretty much the staple of British, yeah. British diets now. It's as, curry. A, as, as a vegan who lives in the UK, Indian food is like the one to do. Because <laughs> mm. it's so fucking good. But, uh, but in the podcast as well, you should definitely have, have a look at some of the treats that come from Cornwall. Stargazy pie. Stargazy pie. Yeah, if you, if you don't know what it is, it's a it's a fish pie, and they go, just go ahead and leave the the heads in yeah. it. Yeah. On top of it, just like kind of like. So a, a, you, I heard that it stinks very very bad. Or am I thinking of something else? <laughs> Cornwall does. Cornwall stink. does stink pretty bad. <laughs> Stargazy. St- Stargazy pie is notorious for its very fishy smell. I remember seeing a video where so many people were trying the Stargazy pie and they were just like fucking trying not to puke. <laughs> oh, jelly deals as well. Jelly deals. Oh, mm. Mm. <laughs> oh as a kid, I used to slurp down some jelly deals. <laughs> Which isn't true because you were a child. It's a big old conspiracy. As a 20 years old. I was slipping down some jelly deals. You would as well. Oh, not anymore. Because <laughs> you're vegan. I'm vegan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, anyway, so speaking of which, uh, we'll be right back after these messages because I have to go to the restroom really bad after drinking this entire Mickey's 40 ounce. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. The podcast you just listened to is part of the Necropodicon Podcast Network. To learn more about this and other great shows, visit necropodicon.com.
Okay, the advertisement is over now. I can have a cigarette and go to sleep or something. What do you mean this is still recording? Alright, welcome back guys. Uh, sorry, I had to <laughs> use the little boy's wee-wee room. So, where did we lift off, gentlemen? So, we are... We're still in the desert, which Kit, is the whole movie, basically. Yeah, but Kit, <laughs> Kit, tried, Kit tried to escape, got re-kidnapped. Nomad found him in this vast desert somehow. Yes. Just walking. Just, just with his dog. With the dog. Uh, with no water. Dog didn't didn't it. Nomad ride on one of their fucking carts or some shit? Like their weird-looking yeah, steel cars? He, Killed both of them very easily, or killed one of them at least very easily. Yes. Um, and then he basically made his way again in the middle of this desert, which has no directions or roads or way of seeing. There's no, where there's no signs anywhere. You forgot about Patrick Swayze, Nomad's one-liner after he killed Arnold Vosloo from the Mummy when he impaled him with his car. Go on. He says, "I told you not to play with sharp objects." <laughs> So how many lines does Swayze genuinely have in this film? Not many. Not a lot of talking. I think it was just, it was technically two, but it was only one because he says that twice. Once when he's uh, in the fucking bathtub in the middle of the fucking rocky desert area. And then again, when he impales him. So I still technically count that as one, even though he said it twice. Just lots of... Gazing into someone else's eyes, yeah. Gazing directly into the sun, or just doing headstands. <clears throat> that was actually my prediction of the movie, yeah. wasn't it? Before we watch it, because what we do is we watch the trailer of the movie, so we get the idea of what we're watching. Oh yeah, which I which I listened to that one, yeah. And so uh, I I predicted a lot of squinting, a lot of squinty eyes, and a lot of squinty and eyes in this lots movie. Lots of squinty eyes in this film, yeah. A lot of, uh, um, of Clint Eastwood sort of, a lot of yeah, little one eye squids. Yeah, 100%. And then it gets into the, well, we're on the final, spoilers, final boss battle now. <laughs> it did like a really weird gentleman's bow to start a, the fight. Yes. Just to make sure that they knew they were on the same page. For, like, you're not. You're going to try and kill each other now. Don't have respect for him. You're going to murder him or try to murder him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're on the last, yeah, last fight the thing last where fight. it's more of a dance than a fight. Lots of dancing. A lot of dancing. It's more like a, you know, like bull bullfighting, you know, because they, they the call matadors, it, they, the yeah. matadors, they call it a dance. That's what they do. They dance <laughs> around and, you know, they have, like, they, like, so we, because we have it playing right now and they haven't, they haven't even touched each other. They've literally just been walking in circles, like, just kind of pacing each other. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, Show who's better. And Swayze actually doing all the moves. Yeah. Yeah. Swayze is the guy. He's doing his actual, all the fucking moves, where once again, we see the fucking stunt double again for show's character. Very obvious stunt double. (laughs) Yes. I love whenever he he comes back to where you can see his face, and (laughs) he's clearly a different person. Oh, yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Like, sorry, so we've got the fight scene playing in the background, <laughs> and just the one l- glimpse at the stunt double, and it was just like, who are you trying to fool? <laughs> I, mean, I know we're in the 80s, but 
Jesus, trying to fool dumb Americans like myself. Well, <laughs> it probably worked with a lot of people. They were like, oh my God, the show is incredible. Did you see him in this movie? He did all this fighting. And, you know, it's like, he was just, he's so in shape. He, he, he's in shape, but he just doesn't do his own stunts. It's just... Not everyone can be a Swayze. No, nope. people like Tom Cruise or Jackie Chan. That's true. <laughs> or uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> do all their stunts at the end of the day. <laughs> do, do, do all their own stunts. <laughs> do their own stunts. stunts. What are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically... My favourite Ramsay insult is just jerk. Jerk. Anytime you call someone a jerk, love it. <laughs> like, for some reason, for about a year... That's all I called people. <laughs> Jerk! Yeah, I remember when my wife and I we were watch we were like watching back to back Kitchen Nightmares, and we found out that uh, since in Long Beach there is this Italian restaurant called Nino's uh, Restaurant. Uh, Hello, I'm Nino. Yeah, we that place where we used to live at in Long Beach. We actually live right down the street from there. So after we saw that episode, we went to that fucking restaurant. Uh, which, yeah, television makes it look so much bigger than it is because that place looked fucking. That place was fucking small. So when we went in, uh, my wife uh, decided to order um, fettuccine Alfredo, and I ordered. When the waitress came up to me, she goes, "What can I get you?" And I said, "Which one is the one from the Gordon Ramsay list?" Which was like this, like pasta that had like all the the mussels and the shrimps and stuff like that. So I ordered that. That was fucking delicious. Where my wife, when she had the fettuccine alfredo which i'm assuming was from their old menu like she only took a couple bites and didn't fucking finish the rest of it because it was that bad like she was i was like is it that bad she was like yeah i i would rather have like the microwave alfredo because that's how bad it was <laughs> so yeah but it was, was Nino there? uh no we did not see nino we did see nino's mom though we did say hi to her oh. but yeah we didn't see any of them there it was pretty dead. It was just me, my wife, and like another couple, and that was about it. Yeah, every every clip on the Gordon Ramsay like YouTube channel at the end of it, they always play the clip where he's like, "Hello, I'm, I'm Nino." <laughs> just because they bought into that meme so hard, it's just incredible. I yeah. actually really love watching Gordon Ramsay's videos on YouTube. Oh, incredible! Oh yeah, so good. The last one he did. Um, is like the ultimate burger. And I was like, all right, Gordon, what are you going to do to, you know, change this burger? What, yeah. are, you, what are you throwing into it? I mean, only fucking put butter into the patty. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. It looks really fucking good, though. Sounds so bad. <laughs> but, but you'd be surprised, though, because like I said, when I ordered the, when I asked specifically which one was the one from Gordon Ramsay, and when I had that one, I finished the entire fucking dish because it was delicious. Mm. So, like, you'd be surprised. Like, but he, he, he knows what he's doing. The other thing to say about Gordon Ramsay, he loves the season. Holy shit, the amount of fucking seasoning oh, he, that he puts oh, on things. Oh. I was like, no, that's, that's crazy. Like, the burgers, he was just like, yeah. uh, no, now pepper. And he did both sides. I was like, god damn, that's a yeah. fuck ton of salt. <laughs> I went to Heston Blumenthal's restaurant. When I was 21, I went to dinner in London, and we were on the chef's table above the kitchen, and it's like a proper two Michelin-star restaurant, 
And Jesus Christ, the amount of salt those guys went through. Just, just throw it on. They love the salt. Yeah, every section had... So section in kitchen terms is station, which means grill, mm. uh, sauce, dessert. Everyone had salt. Everyone had a bucket of salt. And they all put it on. A literal five-gallon bucket of salt. Ugh. Yeah, especially with the depending on what amount of meat you have to cook, like you have to put in a certain amount of salt all around it, so that way it'll go into the meat itself. So yeah. that's yeah, it's it's crazy on how much salt you got to use. Uh, right, still done. Yeah, still done. Sorry, Sorry. movie. <laughs> uh, we yeah, we so fight scene. The fight scene goes on, and Patrick Swayze. Knowing, go, knowing that he has the the secret weapon of the guy has a blade in his knee, decides to bring his own little no, special so, sword that so you don't see before. Yeah, go scene. on. So they have the dance. <laughs> the dance. The stunt double does bad. One of the guys in a mirror image of the earlier scene tries, tries to, hit. to hit Swayze or Nomad. Mm. Nomad ducks out of the way. Then and then he the, the beaverhead guy uh, kills him because he's like why why did you, I told you once yeah fool me once sh- yeah fool me once shame on you fool me twice cut your fucking head off <laughs> yeah like with it like a two strike beheading yeah no he cuts his neck and you're like that's no, gonna kill nothing. him that that's gonna that's gonna do it and then comes and back the around next swish it's off yeah. So and then, so then they get into a, a tussle, mm, and, that's and when then the knee spike comes out again. Yeah, yeah. And, but Swayze knows it's coming. No, he still gets stabbed. Yeah, but that's when he comes out with his sword thing. So his sword, which we had no idea, has a little knife in the, the bottom, end. and that's where he, he gets in. stabbed. Yeah. And then they kicks off, and then he goes rolling around, and then he ends up stabbing him uh, fully in the with chest. the sword. Yeah, and the guy's. The guy's dying. The guy's dying. And but that's the, when the, the... evil, evil lord still has his, the wife. Yeah. It's classic movie bad Bait guy. switch. Yeah. You're like, you weren't watching over here, now I got your woman. Exactly. 100%. So he's got him, and in what can only be described as the pure best, Swayze. The best shot in maybe movie history. Yeah. It was... Throws the knife... Straight into his in neck. Yes. Right in the middle of his neck. Like straight in the jugular. Then he falls back into the fucking barbed wire and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gotta be the most horrifying death I think I've seen in a film for a little while. Because mm. that's gotta suck. Actually, I'm just a little off topic. Not that this podcast has been off topic yeah. at all. Why <laughs> uh, I, I rewatched Deep Blue Sea. A couple of days oh, ago. Oh, the fish hook. Uh, well, the fish hook. Uh, when the scene where uh, Samuel Jackson dies. Yes. Uh, one of the best scenes I, ever because I he's seen it for ages. because he's walking around and he's like, he's like, we will get out. We will survive all this shit. And then the shark just comes out of fucking nowhere and eats him. Like, there's no warning at all. He just dies. And and right before that, like, with the speech that he made, I remember the first time when I saw that, I was like, dude, like, this guy is so fucking inspiring. Like, I want to go with him. You're You're like, yes, Samuel. I, I believe in yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to make it. You can it. do anything you, you say your mind to. <laughs> just... And then two seconds later, he's in the shark's stomach. <laughs> and also, uh, before we go back to Steel Dot, never in a thousand years would you think LL Cool J would be the one to fucking survive a shark massacre. Yeah, I was hoping he he's would like die. One of the two survivors. 
He's one. Again, I, I will have to rewatch that film. I no. haven't seen it in a very long time. It was a good watch. I my our new thing now is just to go on uh, um, Amazon Prime and movies and just on. type in like bad movies yeah. and see what we can find. And it's been just pure gold. Gems. Yeah, the entire time. I'd forgotten about Deep Blue Sea. It was a great one. Anyway, still Don stabbed <laughs> in the neck. Well, not even stabbed in the neck. Just completely, yeah. It's like uh, pierced. I think pierced in the neck with a throwing knife or just a normal knife. It's, well, it was a throwing knife. It was, it was a throwing a knife. Yeah. And uh, like he launched forty feet into his neck. Yeah, he, yeah. It was it, it honestly was a ridiculous. It, shot. it it might be an, a, a world record. I don't know if they keep world records in the supposed popular time, but that'd be something I'd be mentioning. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Remember that time I hit a guy from 50 yards away? Get him in the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he... But before he gets down to the next ways, he totally acts like he's done. You know, yeah, he throws he, his weapons down. He He's done, gets stabbed in the Bam. neck, straight into the barbed wire. Uh, can I just say as well, one of the things that really annoys me about this film... Go on. Not that it's... Oh, it is a shit film. But it, what annoys me... Is the bad? I can't remember the name of the bad guy that stole the kid. So he got stabbed in his right side, mm. just under his right armpit. Right. And then when they cut back to the end of the fight scene, it's the knife me. is on his his left side <laughs> in his lower abdomen. That's what we call it. I really hate that about this film. <laughs> Continuity error. It's so noticeable. It's so no. noticeable. Yeah. Right. Because right. when, when I saw it for the first time, I said. Quite clearly what they did is the guy lifted up his arm and trapped the knife to yeah. make it look like it was stabbed. But then if, it's nowhere near his armpit. If something like that fucking annoys the shit out of you, like some of the so films that I've covered, if some of the films that I've covered in the past would really fucking annoy the shit out of you. Because trust me, trust me, this film with that, that's nothing. It's, it's, it's something that really annoys me about I don't know if it's not continuity. Just, yeah, I, I, I like I've done some acting work. You know, I've signed to an eight. Like I do all that stuff. So I always try and make sure every scene I do is very consistent. <laughs> so it just annoys me when things <laughs> like that. It's so noticeable as well. Yeah, and it's like oh. <laughs> and then uh, Patrick Swayze kills off. Uh, I don't remember the guy. Bad boy, little Scarface. Uh, the, Basically, does a Steve Irwin. You know, you never pull the spike out. Fucking leave it in. You might live. Yeah. He pulls it out. Fucking dead. Yep. And just instantly. Well, I think the guy was laughing because the water tower got destroyed, and was just basically saying, "Ha ha ha, you something something something." Well, I, I no, actually, the uh, show guy when he still had the sword in his stomach, he was asking Patrick Swayze like, "Why." Why are you defending these people? And that's when Patrick Swayze was like, "You remember a guy named Cord, the guy you killed in the bar? That was my master, or some shit like that's, that." And then, and then, why, and then, show was like, "Oh yeah." So pissed off, it, like as you're dying, be like, "What? That's the reason why yeah. you fucking because we got a grudge, grudge holding piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that guy. You know how many guys I kill a day? Like, oh, Jesus. Back in, well, well, not I say back in these times. <laughs> in this weird world, how many people do you reckon they kill a day? No, Ten? Easy? Easy, yeah. You, you I thought he's going to slip the mind here or there. You, 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 it's just the way you live, isn't it? You have to kill someone sometimes. Just Jesus. That out of context. I mean, that's, 
I that I did grow up. I, very I did grow up in Texas. You did. And they, yeah. the, that's the that's state, state motto. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta kill things. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta kill someone. Sometimes. And, sometimes. And if someone tries to, you know, break into your house, you know, you gotta shoot two holes in them. Right to their arms. Yeah. If you, you know, if you if you have a gun and you run out of bullets. Buy another gun. The scariest <laughs> thing is that I was able to buy a shotgun in, um, not in Long Beach, but in Hesperia up in like this uh, high desert area for like a hundred bucks. And I also, Jesus. and also the shotgun shells came with it. So it's still in my closet. So <laughs> it's surprising on how easily you could get shit. Probably could be able to get baseball back for that. Yeah. You get an air rifle for that. Not a hundred quid with with shells. No, exactly. <laughs> no. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's well, pretty crazy. Some people buy a crossbow. I could buy a crossbow. You buy a crossbow. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. A crossbow would probably cost more than what I paid for the shotgun and the shells. Like a real fucking shotgun and shells. That's the weird part. Yeah, a crossbow is about one hundred forty to one hundred sixty quid. Mm. Damn. So whatever that converts to. Shit. Uh, it's it's money. It's money. But yeah, so now we're, so, so, so the whole movie's kind of resolving now. The uh, the the camp camp. camp's back, and you guy who looks really dumpy says his first lines the entire movie, and so they're you know they're they're. Is this where we go back to happy families as well? I think, but then Swayze goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, by this point, we were. You can only assume that some time has passed. The, yeah. The the windmills rebuilt. Their whole little settlement looks very prosperous. You know, Swayze is not happy that he's leaving him better than he found him, and did, then he do, leaves. So, did you, did, Richard? Did you ever like? Does it tell you why he left? It does. No, it never really explains why he left. It's I. I, I think it kind of leaves you to kind of assume why he's leaving because he's. I think because during that time, that's when, like, Zatuichi, the blind swordsman, and, like, a lot of these protagonists that feel like they have to keep moving from place to place were popular. So that's probably why they felt like they needed this character to be in that same caliber, which I I do agree with you guys that, like, he could have totally just stayed with these people and he could have like married this Kasha character, which is his, which was his real wife in real life anyway, and lived happily ever after. That would been, that would have been something different. But no, they had to make it to where he had to be every like wandering warrior and just be like, no, I can't live, be happy. I'm just gonna keep walking around with my fucking dog, and you know. Do you think they have a plan on doing a sequel? Then I don't think they ever made a sequel. I mean, I never really They've never made one. No. Yeah, I I, I kind of assume they didn't. Yeah, I think you know this is this is up, up there. I don't know who would who who would be able to play Swayze now. Who well, no, they would just get Swayze to do like say like this was eighty seven to so an eighty nine. Oh. Steel Dawn two comes out. Yeah, I know, and but then it's the same sort of premise, and he's in a new I'm, town with a I, new problem. I mean, that probably would work. But I'm saying, you know, Swayze's dead now. If you were to reboot Spoiler. this movie. <laughs> who 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 do you who do you reckon would be able to play Swayze? Who's who's who, the modern day Swayze? Who's modern day Swayze? Chris Hemsworth. Reckon? Mm, no, I don't think so. Maybe just uh, get a fresh new face and who, who looks. Magic Mike. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. It's like the millennial Patrick Swayze. Maybe. Or they could just go with a fresh, brand new face, kind of like when they had, um, what's, I forgot the guy's name, but when they had Superman Returns, where he just basically just, they only hired him because he looked exactly like Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, oh, it's a very. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I do remember him now. I can't remember his name because he's so good in that film. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that the one where the bullet hits his eye? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. And it, like. Yes. That's the one. That's the iconic scene. You mention it, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that shitty Superman movie." (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I don't know. I think I I, I think Channing Tatum would be up there because you know here's a guy we know he can dance. Leave his friends behind. Leave his friend behind. Good man nips. You know. I was doing um, (laughs) safe dance. Man, um, friends don't dance to no friend of mine. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I didn't catch you it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Patrick Swayze leaves, and with his dog, and that's when the credits roll. <laughs> and that's when the fucking movie's yeah, over. Fist up to the kid is quite a thing as well. Mm. <laughs> and that's when the movie's it's over. And yay, hip hip hooray. <laughs> So, um, pretty credits roll. Pretty, pretty dissatisfying ending. Again, yeah, like so. That's the 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 one gripe about this whole film is that the director writers just put too much faith in human beings watching it and deciphering what actually happens. happens. I can can see where it's like, oh, now he's on. Adventure yeah. and there's something else happening. But you don't know. He could have just get bit by a fucking rattlesnake and he's just dead exactly. in the desert. Well, the yeah, you can interpret it however you want. That That's the beauty of it. So if you hate the movie, you could say, oh, I f- hope this guy fucking died. And he probably did get bit by a snake and he, and he died. Steel Dawn. So I very much would have preferred an ending where it was a nice, happy ending. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Happy ending. Hot commune. Like the massage therapist. Yeah. yeah, it would have. Uh, it'd been a little more satisfying, but at least he gets a dog. He's got a dog now, which is fine. Yeah, that's all a man needs. <laughs> so, um, Chris and Reese, do you know what time it is now? Uh, what time it is for you, or what time it is? How Okay. <laughs> oh sure, why not? So it's gonna be this time. It's- So, Chris or Reese, do you know how this rating system works, or do you need me to over-explain this to you? Please over-explain it. Yeah, okay. Please. All right. So, uh, with uh, this, how the way how this works is is that we have a rating system out of a ten. So, let's say if you give this a five or above, that means you recommend it and you found it entertaining. Um, but if you give this a four point nine, as an example, that means you you did like the movie, but you wouldn't want anybody to know about it because otherwise you you would think that they'll think that you're a fucking loser or a piece of shit. All the way down to a zero where you absolutely hate the fucking movie and you never want to watch it again. So, um, but yeah, so that's basically how it works. So I'm going to go ahead, uh, since you guys are the guests first, I'm going to go ahead and ask Reese first. So Reese, what did you like about the movie? What did you dislike about the movie? And finally, what would you give the score out of a 10? Well, obviously, just love any scene that has Patrick Swayze topless. I mean, it just, like, what a, what a man, what a man. 
What a mighty good man. But to be totally fair, not a huge fan of this movie. Like, it totally lost interest within about 10, 15 minutes. A lot of times when we do our podcast, like, you you can tell when we're actually really involved with the movie because we'll actually watch it and comment on it. And, well, for example, we watched uh, Chris's favorite film, Harvey, and yeah, we like I had never seen that movie, and it's a it's a classic, and it was so good that I think the entire time we would always be commenting on something that was on the screen that we were seeing, not normal our normal just dumb gossip. It's just like we were actually talking about it because I thoroughly enjoyed it. This movie, on the other hand, lost me pretty much immediately. It but the having those Sam people attack, never see him again. Swayze saying like 15 lines the entire movie, and then a whole lot of fucking walking. You know, this isn't Lord of the Rings. It's fucking Steel Dawn '86. Like, not that to be. T- I not a not a not a. I just don't like it. No, I no. I'm gonna if I were to rate it to someone, I would say you know, go watch another great Swayze movie. There's so many of them. Just watch Roadhouse. Just watch Roadhouse over and over and over and over. And over again, and you'll be happy. You'll live a happy life. Whereas you watch this movie over and over and over and over again, you might decide that maybe I should be a nomad and just fucking walk out walk into a off, desert. Walk off the flat earth. Yeah, walk off the flat earth. If I was going to rate it, I, I'd rate it under five. For like uh, three, three and a half, Ooh. maybe. I don't, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's not something I would be... Dying to get my friends, but like we have to watch this movie, like right now. Ten of our mates sit down, <laughs> all watching Steel Dawn. Nah, I, I, if I watch Steel Dawn again in my lifetime, it's too soon. It's too- yeah, I yeah. could probably die happy knowing that I only watch this movie one time. Okay, you know when the in, when you get the credit scroll of your life, and then you're like, oh, how many times I watched Steel Dawn? And hopefully, it doesn't even say a full one. And hopefully, it's like half. Or like three point five. Really okay. No, not a. Fan. All right, Th- that that sounds fair. Um, okay, well, uh, then I'll go over to Chris then. So, Chris, what did you like about the movie? What did you dislike about the movie? And finally, what would you give this score out of a ten? Uh, I like the dog. That's literally <laughs> one of the <laughs> main things. One of the main things I liked about the film is the yellow dog. Uh, I liked the knee knife. That was a strong bit. Knee knife was a good shout. Uh, I loved bag wine in a post-apocalyptic world. That did give me hope, actually. Uh, you know, as a person who enjoys trash wine, I think I would survive very much in a post-apocalyptic world with just bogged box wine. I think you'd just be happy there. Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time I'd be happy. Uh, I didn't like 80% of the movie. <laughs> uh, not to go too much off what we said, uh, but I think as you can tell through this episode, I really didn't like this movie. <laughs> I would say it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty damn close. What was um, the worst one? The worst film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh, Jesus wept. I would have to think about it, because mm. I've seen... I'll tell you I'll tell you mine right now, just to throw it out there. Um, Category seven. Yeah, you've mentioned this. Probably one of the best worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. It's uh, it's one of those ones where Dennis I was Quaid. 
Dennis, no, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. <laughs> if it was Dennis Quaid. Oh. Oh. But no, yeah. Uh, it, category 7 is a seven-part movie about storms. That's it. <laughs> um, but I think I would probably score it... A three is, for me, being very generous. Okay. Um, I would say, yeah, a 2.5 to a 3.2. <laughs> okay. That's... That's a, I again would never watch it again. Try not to watch it again. Um, but again, it had a dog, which gave it two points automatically. <laughs> um, any film with a dog, you get two points. So what the it, rest of the what would you rate one hundred and one Dalmatians then? hundred and one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking be skilled then. It would be two hundred and two hundred and two <laughs> out of ten. All right, that um, sounds that sounds fair. Yeah. I, yeah, so the rest of the film got a 0.5 to 1.2. Uh, <laughs> knee, knee knife was 0.5 of that, so... Yeah. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> do, do the math yourselves. Uh, I'm not doing it for you. Uh, Alright, that sounds fair. I, 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 I can respect that. Um, this is well, what you tell us you absolutely adored the film that you 9 out of 10. <laughs> Um, so since I can't introduce myself, uh, Chris and Reese, would you please do me the honor of asking me exactly what I asked you at the same time? Oh, right. what did you say? Um, you were like, what did you love about the film? What did you love about the film? What was the worst <laughs> thing about the film? And how would you rate it out of 10? <laughs> I think it works because you've got the accent. I've yeah. got a very monotonous voice. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> I just, I just, I just invoked my inner uh, Cypress Hill with you, like Doctor Greenthumb. Like, oh, Doctor Greenthumb here, and then you tell me my new sizzling screen. Yeah, just, uh, okay. All right, that's fine. Um, okay, as far as what I liked about the movie, I mean, I'd have to kind of. I think it's because I'm really into like bad films that like I actually enjoyed this film a lot more than you guys did. Uh, only because I felt like um, out of all the shitty films that I've watched, which I've watched quite a bit of films that were way worse than this film, um, I loved Patrick Swayze's acting, uh, which obviously he was the best actor out of the f- uh, entire film because he went on to do much better films. Um, uh, I liked some of the scenery there. Uh, the, I liked some of the camera work that they did. Um, I liked some of, not all of the action sequences, but I did like some of them, because, uh, like I said, they, they these ones were better than some of the stuff I've seen recently. Um, as far as what I didn't like about the movie, yeah, I wish they would have cut out a lot of the scenes where Patrick Swayze is walking you know, through the fucking desert almost the entire time. You know, I wish they would have cut a lot of that out. I think it would have made the movie much more interesting, kind of had that Kung Fury-esque sort of thing where it's like, okay, it's only like 30 to 40 minutes long, but it's still a great movie. I felt like the movie would have been a lot better in that aspect. Um, As far as what I would give this a score out of a 10... I definitely have to give this a way better score than the movie Bong of the Dead, which I recommend that you guys should do that movie and see what you guys think of did, Bong of the Dead. You, have you watched the Evil Bong series? Uh, yes. Uh, I, we, my co-host and I, we watched what? the Evil Bong series, and he wants to do all the way up to 777. 
Yeah, oh, so that's, do we. Yeah, we've been dying to do. We we've, we've been message. We found us. Good. We found Full Moon Studios, and they, they're obviously the producers of the film. <laughs> um, so we message them again at least once a month of just like, hey, because we... we're in the UK, it's going to cost us like a hundred and sixty quid to get all the films sent over to us. Like, just, just asking them for free movies, and they're not responding mm, to us. Mm, <laughs> not. There's also another one we want to do off their site where it's uh, Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man, obviously, yes, because they, that they they they, uh, they 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 go together eventually. But what was the other one? Uh, William Shatner. William Shatner's commenting on horror William mo- Shatner uh, movies. On William Shatner horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. I just I just want to do a podcast where we're talking over. William, William Shatner, Shatner talking, talking over, over William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> it's super meta, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, we've been we've we've actually really wanted to see the Evil Bongs, so all of, any of them. Yeah, yeah. The the first one was was pretty deep. Not I would I don't want to say it's good, but it's like kind of entertaining. The best part of the movie is when Tommy Chung comes into the movie, for sure. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen the rest of them uh where it goes all the way up to like technically it's 7 where they just call it 777 but I don't know I guess eventually we might get up to that point. It's, it's, it's Evil Bong 1, Evil Bong 2. Evil uh then there's Evil Bong 3 and then Evil Bong 420. 420. And then Evil Bong High 5, Evil Bong 666 and then Evil Bong 777. 777. And if you want to see the most racist movie of that director, Charles Band, uh, it's called Ooga Booga. Racist? Oh, yeah, I have heard about this, actually. Yeah, it's it's very, very uncomfortable to watch. Close to the bone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was doing my research on the director of Evil Bond, I was like, I wonder what else he's made. Yeah. Stumbled across that, and I was like, "Well, maybe we won't do that." So no, uh, we'll leave that one very much to the sideline and never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't like Steel Dawn, you will fucking hate these movies. You will hate them. <laughs> Ooga Booga. I probably yeah. I, yeah, I can see myself hating Ooga Booga. Yeah, most people should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as far as what I would give the score out of a 10, I like I said, I do have to give this a way better score than Bong of the Dead, which I will give this. I have to give it way higher than you guys did. I, I, In my personal opinion, I think you guys might have given this a lower score, but that's okay. It's your own opinion. I'm going to just give this a straight 5. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5 only to recommend people that like... Maybe they that happen to like Mad Max and that are Patrick Swayze, like hardcore Patrick Swayze fans. And if they want to see something that they haven't seen Patrick Swayze in. And, of course, if they like a lot of like, you know, medieval, uh, medieval, like uh, post-apocalyptic kind of films, then maybe they might like it. I don't know. But for me, I, I, I don't I don't think that this is like a super awesome movie. But I feel like this was an interesting movie to a point where I have not quite seen a movie like this where they mix the two genres together when it's medieval-ish and uh, Mad Max post-apocalyptic before. 
So to me, it was kind of interesting. But I mean, would I watch it again by myself? No, I probably would watch it with a group of friends. If we get super drunk and super fucking high off of vape weed, then maybe we would do that. I would watch it again. But other than that, no, I probably wouldn't want to watch it again. I I I think it's a very very fair one, fair one. But I like I think that's why I for you saying five, I feel a lot more justified with mine and Chris's uh, score because you know you're saying that if you a five, if all these situations and maybe you like it, maybe you know you love Patrick Swayze, then this movie might be worth the watch. I can just tell you if I was gonna recommend it to my friends. And watched it, they would just come back to me and ask, why the fuck, what the fuck were you thinking? did you recommend this movie? Is yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would, imagine what it would take for someone to say that was a 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, it'd be a tough one. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Well, you know my 10 out of 10. Well, speaking of that, I mean, we can always find out um, how how people felt about the film as well. Because I mean, I I don't think the like I said, I don't think the movie is super awesome by any means, but it is something different that I haven't quite seen before in a Patrick Swayze film. It holds a five point one on IMDb. I know that. Yes. It's very much a middle of the road on the IMDb. Yes. Um, I didn't see the Rotten Tomatoes score. No, that's so with. With the one that you, with your podcast you do, what we've noticed is that the the scores for people rating Crazy. are all over the place. Like it doesn't yes. really make actual sense. But I feel that Rotten Tomato as a whole is probably the most oh judgmental. Judgmental is always the lowest one. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, I've recently seen that you know Google reviews has started thing like on this film, eighty three percent of people like this film. Which I think is high. Insane. It's high. It's yeah, it's way high. Like it probably shouldn't be that high. Yeah, I don't think it should be that high now. For this one is uh, thirty-four, which I think is yeah, pretty much what I said, three point five. So I'm very much on the side of the the tomatoes over here. Yeah. And then as far as Letterboxd go, since I do all three, this one got a two point four out of five. So it's like just point one below the halfway mark. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It's very much a middling film from a lot of perspectives. So, Bill S. has said, Mad Max, it ain't. One of Swayze's worst films. Nice. So, yeah. Mad Max, it ain't. Uh, Dennis Z. said, It's got Patrick Swayze and it's filmed in Africa. How badass is that? Because <laughs> I don't even know that's a rating. That's just a solid m- movie sort of review there. And then uh, 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 I, I'll, I'll do one last one. Leonard P. I grew up in the eighties. How did I miss this movie? Maybe I saw it, but I suppressed the memory. This was an awful movie. I can't think of one redeeming quality about this movie, other than having dirty Patrick Swayze walking. <laughs> <laughs> and walking around being Patrick Swayze, yeah. which is basically the movie. I think it's a very fair rating. Yeah, I, and uh, for Letterbox, I do have one uh, rating from a guy by the name of Shizopolis. Uh He gave it a three-star rating. 
which it, I'll read it for him. He said, It took me over 30 years to get around to this. No surprises. The caliber was pretty much what I expected, though it should have been the B-movie exploitation film that the poster and the opening scene uh, should have had. Uh, but I guess it would be hypocritical to be both a gory exploitation film and a Shane remake with its moral tale. Uh, uh, to choose the latter in a more simplistic and boring way than the 1953 original West... There was a Western version of this? What? Yeah, apparently it says there's a 1953 original Western of Steel Dawn. But I, it was a Western. Sounds good, actually. That seems good. That sounds so much better than the film we just watched. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. Western, <laughs> it's hot, there's not a lot of water. It kind of fills in all the plot holes where it's like, why are they here? Why are these people doing this thing? You're talking about the West, there's not water. <laughs> they don't have things? That's crazy. Shit, I should probably try to cover the original Western version. Fuck. <laughs> Poor world building, less than imaginative production design, stilted performances all around, Swayze looks the part, but as an actor, he's too earnest for his own good. Decent fight choreography, though Swayze purettes too much. What, what the fuck is that? Purettes? Purettes? Purettes, Puretted, yes, uh, too much. And it was nice to see Brian James as a good guy for a change. This film's real sin is that it lacked fun. At least Roadhouse was cheesy and fun. This was cheesy and corny. Jesus. I'm really not a big fan, but still, three out of five. Three out of five, he's still... Slightly better than average with all of those bad points. Yeah, (laughs) I found that a little bit weird. for him to give it like a one out of five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, I think uh, Reese, you, you said you gave this what a three or something out of ten. Three point five. I did. Three point five, and then um, Chris, you give this. You said like a two point five. Two point five to three point two. Yeah. Three. <laughs> and then I give this just a straight five. Okay. It's, it's around that area for me. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right. Without well, the dog, it was a point five. Yeah, without the dog, it's way <laughs> lower. It was, it was a one. <laughs> also, that dog for you gave you that really big two jump. Points. Two <laughs> points. Yeah, that's it. Done. Two points for dog. Just All right. The fact that he got to leave with the dog. That yeah. <laughs> if that dog died at any point, Ooh. done. If you like dogs, done movie for you. Homeward Bound. Seeing it. Oh. Oh, yeah, The Incredible Journey. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, Chris and Reese, so if if people wanted to find out where to find uh, Dope Ramblings podcast, uh, where could they go to listen to your podcast, and where could they find you both on the social media outlet? Cool. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All it, what else just, have we it's got? just is that it's it? just dope just ramblings. Just dope ramblings. Just dope ramblings. As, as it's one sound, word, one no word. underscores or hashes. Yeah. We are on Podbean is yeah. our main uh, sort of app or site that we host and use. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I don't know what other major podcast things there are, but we're mm. on the Stitcher. Stitcher. On Stitcher. On a bunch of different ones now. Yeah. Um, Again, personal Instagrams are I'm the official Chris Martin. And uh, I'm uh, Alaskan Moonshine. 
but yeah, we're so we're all, all about that social media life. No, we don't post a lot to be fair. We don't use Twitter. It's one thing we don't like. Yeah, don't use Twitter. I don't really even like doing the social media thing no. like at all. Pretty much the only thing my we basically post episodes and hope people listen. That's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've had a good. We, and to be totally fair, when we started out doing it, we we were only open for like a hundred listens. We didn't even really think anyone would listen. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. We've just reached forty-five hundred. We're almost at five thousand. Almost now. at five thousand listens. So awesome! I can't complain for for doing for doing literally nothing. For literally just watching a film. Yeah, <laughs> just having some listen have to listen to us. And, uh, but, but, well, yeah, we recently got a lot of followers. Uh, we're trying to bump up. Basically, our goal is eventually to do have tour. do a tour around the world of all the places where we've had listens. And we're, we're on the world tour. We've gone a lot of places, yeah. uh, you know, even weird ones like Iran. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, Iran's yeah. our fourth biggest listen. It's really weird to say that loud. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. I know exactly what you mean too, because our uh, mine, um, the biggest listen I have is in uh, Tanzania. What? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Somebody sent me a link, and I checked it out on the charts, and apparently we're pretty high up there in the Tanzania charts. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> So we're predominantly UK, um, but we get yeah, then America, then Australia, and then it's usually a weird country. Changes every month. Mm. I think last time was Chile. Yeah. Chile was quite big. Chile was big for a bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was very strange. It's a good weird time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Find us on yeah Dover, links, uh, all social medias. We won't use them a lot, but we're there. Trust us. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Appreciate it. Um, and if you guys want to also check out Bad Rad Movies, uh, feel free to go on our Instagram page where it's going to be at at Bad Rad Movies Podcast, Facebook, which will be facebook.com slash Bad Rad Movies, Twitter will be at Bad Rad Movies, and of course you can feel free to email us uh, if you want any uh, movie suggestions or whatever you want to say at Bad Rad Movies. Uh, it'll be badradmovies at gmail.com, and yeah, so... Uh, I want to once again thank uh, Chris and Reese from Dope Ramblings Podcast for coming on and uh, having a great discussion about this film. Uh, And hopefully, uh, if you guys want me to come on yours, uh, feel free to let me know, and I'll be more than happy to, um, or vice versa. We'll try and organize something. We'll find another garbage movie to watch. Garbage, trash film to watch and talk about. (laughs) It'd be easy to do, but surely we can find a, a movie that yeah. is... Maybe we do Evil Bong. E- Ooh, Evil Bong would be good. Oh yeah, and I can definitely put my insight into it since I've seen it uh, uh, before, so yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Bong or Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man, yeah, I think. Ginger Dead Man's a strong <laughs> uh, they did a collab, didn't they? Evil yeah. Bong versus Ginger. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Uh, Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll try and sort something out between now and then. All right, sounds good. All right, well, thanks for checking out this episode, guys. Uh, feel free to check out both Dope Ramblings podcast and Bad Rad Movies podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Have a good bet, and definitely end strong. She's like the wind. Through my tree She rides the night Next to me 
she leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. She's taken my heart, but she doesn't know what she's done. Feel the breath in my face, her body close to me. Can't look in her eyes. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. She's like the wind. Damn it, I held a fart for like a minute and it was just a little poof. 